0: This week on the Habs form, we have some actual wins to talk about. Uh, I think it's the first time of the year we're recording the podcast of the day after it went. The, the, the most recent game was a win. Very exciting stuff. So we get to talk about two shutouts, actually. So thank you, Jake Allen, for after we spoke poorly about you. Clearly, Jake listens to the podcast and wanted to prove us wrong and uh, then you got two shoutouts to show how uh, how incorrect we are about our opinions. But, hey, if you're still listening after that, awesome. So we're going to talk about uh, the games and the games coming up and everything. Uh, of course, the big news is Cole Caulfield got sent down, uh, Romanov getting scratched. I mean, the kids not getting to play. I don't know about that. So we'll talk about that. Some injuries are coming back. And, hey, we actually have some Twitter cat questions to get to. We're very excited. Three Twitter questions. I think it's a record, honestly, Dustin. It's gotta be. Gotta be <laughs> gotta a record. It. I mean, I, I it, this must be. We're doing something right. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's get right into it. Like, I, I don't want to spend too much time on the games that happened a few days ago, but after the way we talked about Jake Allen last podcast, we got to talk about his performance in the four nothing game against San Jose. Cause, like, I know at a glance, four nothing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a four-goal goal win. Like, you don't necessarily – even though it's a shutout, you don't necessarily think the goal he stole the But, man, that, that was by far, I think, the best game Jake Allen has played as Montreal Canadian. He was incredible. A 45-save shutout. And, like, there was moments in the games. Like, we all know, like, one goal can change everything. Like, it, it was only a one nothing or a 2 nothing game for big stretches here. Like, the, the, they could have transformed the game. He really stood on his head
1: absolutely no i mean uh probably his best performance as a montreal canadian and and i guess i mean we should probably bash more canadians on the podcast Uh, obviously every time we do they seem to have amazing games but uh absolutely i mean and i mean it was it was a pretty good team game but obviously jake allen really sort of saved the game for the canadians and you know i mean performances from a couple of players as well i mean josh anderson goal and an assist nick suzuki two assists so you know a couple of guys that Obviously didn't get off to the greatest start this season, sort of busting out of that slump a little bit. But uh, but absolutely, I mean, you'd love to see it from Jake Allen for sure after after a bad game before that. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely a positive.
0: Yeah, a positive, but unfortunately, as has been happening this year, that I mean, they they can't just put the games together, right? So a great game against San Jose, four nothing win, awesome but then back to back losses against Anaheim and LA 5-2 and 4-2 and just just poor performances over and these are not I mean it used to be when you went on a West Coast trip like 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 in like the California road trip used to be just such a tough road trip like for so many years all three of those teams, San Jose, LA and, and, and uh, Anaheim were really, really, really strong. It's it, not the case anymore at all. Like you really want to come away if you had Seattle to that with at the like honestly three wins minimum if you're if you can't consider yourself a playoff team. So going only getting the one win and it was on a massive full performance by your goaltender during that stretch, really, really not not great. Just 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 more of the same from this Montreal Canadian team, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, really disappointing. So, I mean, and, and we saw it, you know, the week before when they play, you know, they had a, an amazing game against the Red Wings. You know, it it seemed like okay, maybe this team is turning yeah. the corner. They had a fantastic game. And then they stunk up the place in it, Seattle. It seems to be all or nothing. Like outside of mm-hmm. the like there was the first game against
0: Toronto, which was a close game, and I guess like the third game against the Rangers is just a three-one score. But like every other game, like whether we they, they win or lose, it's by three, four, five goal margin. Like what's what's going on here? I, I guess the Anaheim game was just two goal margin, but still like it, it's I, either they play amazing or they play atrocious. There's no middle ground at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, and, and that's the thing. So, you know, I've been, I've been saying it like pretty much all season. I mean, this game, this, this team really isn't that bad on paper. And, and, and I mean, you see it in those games now, and obviously, obvious, I mean, the red wings and the sharks, obviously not the two best teams, you know, they're, they're not great teams, obviously, but I mean, you, you hate to see it. I mean, the like, and, and I mean, if it goes back to last season, you know, they couldn't string two wins together. Yeah. It's the same story that we saw last season. And, and I, I don't know. What is it? Is it preparations, the coaching staff? What what exactly is going on? I mean, especially such. I mean, they played so well against the Red Wings, you know, when they won six to one and then they fell flat completely against the Kraken. Come back the next game, Sharks, I mean, played a pretty solid game, four nothing. And then, I mean, the, the game against the Kings, they played really bad too. I mean, what's, you know, what, who is this Canadians team? I mean, is it the, the terrible, yeah. terrible team that we see more often than not? Or are they a really a really you know decent team like that the we have seen because
0: really like what we're seeing now though is because like, honestly the 4 nothing winning against san jose i don't like it wasn't a bad performance but i don't think they played that well like i just think i really think jake allen was the star of that game and then it, it can be deflating for a team and then and when when a, when a goalie is making all the saves and even then like they still got 45 shots on and it could have easily been a different story of that game. If if Allen was a little bit off, it could it easily went the other way. So you, there's that one. So it's almost a steal from a goalie. And the only other two wins are against the Detroit Red Wings. So at least we're capable of beating the bad teams. But, like, you have to be able to do more than that. You know, like, the schedule really hasn't been that tough for the Montreal Canadiens to start the season. And two wins against the Red Wings are not going to give me any hope, I mean, especially the t- yesterday's game. Look, don't get me wrong. Yesterday's game, I think, was probably the best overall performance by the team. I mean, it was great seeing Suzuki have a three-point game. I mean, obviously, one of them is on an empty net goal. But like him getting, getting the goal it was his first goal this season. You love to see it. And you can tell like it was a weight out of his shoulders and it was a nice goal, kind of tapped it out of the air. Josh Anderson, who I think, honestly, Anderson, and I know you've kind of poo-pooed Anderson at times, I think he's been the most consistent forward for the Canadians. It's just sometimes it wasn't going in, but he's the one guy. The effort is there every single game, every single game. Yeah. The effort yeah. is there,
1: but no, I like, definitely got to
0: give him that. Yeah, no, for sure. And like sometimes it doesn't, doesn't go. And I think that's just the reality of Josh Anderson, but we're still, he still brings that energy every game. So, but it's a good game. But here's the thing. Not only is Detroit a bad team, and they are, uh, they, but they have great young prospects. They have a bright future. I mean, you, you could definitely argue they have a brighter future than the Canadians They have a, a lot of great young guys but on top of that they had arguably the three best forwards out yesterday yeah. so an already bad team like a team that's expected to pretty clearly miss the playoffs was on top of that missing their their arguably, arguably basically their top line yeah I mean is it that impressive that the Canadians dominated I mean I don't know
1: no, it's true. It, I mean, that's uh, definitely a good point. I mean, they, they probably were missing their three best players with Bertuzzi, Verana and uh, and Larkin out. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, like we said, I mean, so far the Canadian schedule has been pretty, very, really easy. And yeah. this week is going to be, I mean, at least the next two games, are going to be really tough, right? The Islanders and Golden Knights, that's going to be two tough games. Um, luckily I mean we're playing Red Wings in another week and a half. So I mean that's that's good news. <laughs> is that the next win? Do you think that's the next the next next win is against the Red Wings? <laughs> uh I'm gonna say, I mean, if we're already doing pred- predictions this early into the podcast, I mean I, I think they'll beat the Kings on uh, next Tuesday. Oh, we'll I think see. that'll be the next one. Yeah, because Islanders,
0: Vegas, and Calgary, those aren't easy. I-, I don't I don't know what to think of this team, though. That's the thing. That's the thing. Is it really that they're just showing up against the big teams, or, or like because they they lost against bad teams, uh, showing up against the bad teams. I mean, they, they lost against the bad teams too. So, like I don't know. Now now there's there's people coming back from injuries and and stuff like that. I just I just don't know what to expect. I feel like any given day that, that you turn the game on is just who knows which team you're going to see jump on the ice.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's true. But I mean, at least. I mean, yeah, obviously I mean Nick Suzuki got off to a terrible terrible st- start to the season, but at least he's he seemed to be turning around. I believe he has 7 points in the last 5 games. Yeah. Um you know, he's, he's looked really good in the last 2 wins especially. And at this uh, point, I mean, if you're looking at the his stats for the season, he's at
0: this point averaging a 60 point pace, which is, I mean, it's it's not that's not horrible obviously for Suzuki.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that's that's what you want to see. That's you know I I think you know if we if we were talking about it at the beginning of the season, it's probably roughly what you expect. Yeah. Um. So you definitely can't complain about that. Now, hopefully, you know, with with the couple of good performances we've seen over the last couple of games from him, hopefully he'll be able to turn it around and and you know hopefully he's he's finally got that slump behind him. And I mean, you know, uh, obviously Jake Allen, what can you say about him? The last couple of games, last two shutouts that he had there, uh, he was fantastic. And you know, you already talked about Josh Anderson, who's might be the best or at least the most consistent forward so far.
0: I, I think mean, cool. and the DeLoyan too, obviously we have to talk about him. He's been great. And, and another bright spot, I think has been Mike Hoffman with uh, four goals in just eight games. He he he's pretty much been as advertised. He's been bring bringing what we want him to bring kind of thing. So there are some bright spots in the forward group, but then I don't know. I, I, uh, it's just it's just it's just so inconsistent. And then I really don't like that they keep scratching Romanov. I mean I feel like that just like okay sending down Caulfield. So 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 like let's talk about that. Like the, this team at this point. Like I just feel like the management, they're still, they're still stuck in this idea that they're the, were the cup finalists and all that. Like we all know that that was a Cinderella run, regardless, right? Like this is still a team that is progressing and, and that is in the early stages with the, this new young group of what they might be able to become. And you need to give the opportunity to the young guys. We talk about it time and time again. And I just okay, fine, Caulfield, you don't want his his confidence to be too shaken up. It might not be the worst thing for him to be in in, in Laval for a bit. I'm I'm I don't love it, but I'm hesitant to criticize him until I see how long they like if they leave him down here for too long, I'm going to be annoyed. But if they want to just give him a week to see see how he does and get a bit of confidence back, sure. There's no reason for Romanov to be scratched, and he's putting the efforts in. He's he's always trying to learn. Like that's what I love about him because he was the first one on the ice today for practice. He's the last one off the ice every single time. Like he puts the work in, and just I mean reward the kid with, with keeping him in the lineup. And I, I don't even think he's been that bad. Compared to the, the the rest of the defensive unit, you know, like the, the whole, the defense as a whole hasn't been great. I don't think Romanov deserves to be point Like the stands out as one of the bad ones specifically. It's it's just cause he's the youngest one. And it's just such a lazy way of running a team. Oh, we got to make a shakeup. Oh, well, let's scratch the young guy. But like, what if the young guy is not the worst guy, you know?
1: No, it, it is definitely very frustrating. It's like you said, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, he has a bad attitude or anything. He's, he's always the first guy on the ice, last guy off the ice, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's frustrating to see. I mean, you know, some of the some of the guys that he's getting scratched ahead of. I mean, uh, you know, they they haven't been any better. You know, guys like Niku, Kulak, uh, you know, even Weidman. Do they really deserve to play more than Romanov? I mean, Romanov has definitely had his had his hiccups this season, but, I, but I, they all I would have say, like Petrie has been terrible have. at times. Chirot, we all know how bad Chirot can be.
0: It's like it's not like one defenseman has stood out as being good. So, like, why is Romanov being punished?
1: And if anything, I, I actually thought Romanov was playing – starting to play better yeah. the last couple of games. Yeah, he, he got that nice goal. And I was uh, – we were talking about this before off, off, off
0: podcast, but I love when Romanov scores because he always looks surprised that he scored. He had the exact same reaction when he scored in the playoffs. It's just looking at his face. He's like, oh, what? I scored? awesome and there's just something about romanov like i love his energy i just want to i just want him to play every single game let him grow as a player i, I still think he has a ton of potential uh but, but at the same time I, I i do love that he doesn't seem to have a negative attitude but about him getting scratched i i hope they're not seeing this as a permanent not not of course not permanent but like i don't want to go like three four games with him not playing I, I i honestly i hope he's back in tomorrow even though they won the last game probably not going to happen. We know how it goes. They don't like to change a winning lineup, like whatever, but you know.
1: Yeah, no, hopefully it's not going to be a a reoccurring thing. You know I mean? Last season was his, you know, last season he did sit quite a bit, but like, you know, it was his first season. Now, now he knows how the game's played. You know, he, I mean, especially this season, you know, obviously it doesn't look like they're going to be making the playoffs. You got to play these young kids, let them make mistakes. You know, Caulfield it is what it is. I, I, I'm not going to agree with it too much. That's for sure. Especially, I mean, me, the big thing here is that the rocket aren't playing till Saturday. Why could you not have made, had him play at least another game, maybe two with the Canadians before sending him down instead of having him, you know, basically go a week without playing that, that to me is, is really stupid. And, and, you know, yes, he wasn't getting, you know, he wasn't scoring any points really, but he wasn't playing bad. I mean, you know, he, this is, that's the thing. Lot of he wasn't stuff. like, he was getting bad puck luck
0: and it wasn't going in. He wasn't getting the points, but he was often the best looking forward on the Canadians. Like I, like I honestly believe that just when you consider everyone's been kind of looking bad overall, no one's been looking great. Like he, I can name a lot of players that have been that weren't looking as good as Confield since the beginning of the year. Like I don't know if maybe there's stuff we don't see where the the, the coaching staff could feel that his confidence was being shaken, like uh, and that he just needs to score a few goals in the AHL and, and, and come back. But yeah, to your point, if that's what they're trying to do, why do it now when they're not playing for it? Like it doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, it definitely seems like like a weird, a weird choice, especially at that time. Uh, But yeah, I mean, like you said, maybe maybe there was some confidence issues. I'm I'm sure, you know, there hasn't been too many seven, eight game stretches that Caulfield's gone in his lifetime of not scoring.
0: No, for sure. Probably
1: a first for him. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's going to be, you know, he's going to go down there. He's going to be on that first line. Looks like he's going to be playing with Paling and, uh, and Rafael Herbie Pinal. So that's going to be a really exciting line to watch. He's going to be playing a lot of power play time, a lot of a lot of time in that first line. So, you know, I mean, as some people made the comparison to, uh, to look at Max Pacioretty when he, you know, he started off in the NHL, didn't not, obviously didn't get off to a great start. He ended up going down to Hamilton at the time. Oh, for and for sure you know, obviously it worked out for him and now we see yeah. it
0: time and time again. That, that's why oh, like, we, we even saw it with, uh, with cut in more recent history where, uh, the stretch down of the AHL helped him a lot when he came back. So I mean, there, there, there is value to it. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this goes because it's kind of the first time with the, the new coach and, 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 uh, I keep saying Hamilton, Jesus Christ, uh, and love the, the new coach in love. I'm still living in, uh, in 2000, uh, what 10, uh, <laughs> Uh, to To see how how he actually, because this is this is what you want your farm team to to be good for, right? To, to when you have your young players struggling, you know, get a few like, practices in and get some confidence on and bring him back, you know, work on the basics, work on the stuff that maybe they don't have time to work at at the at the NHL level. But I just hope it's not for too long. I just hope it's not for too long because the focus has to be progressing the kids. The one thing I'll say though, the one plus that came out of Caulfield being sent down is that I, I I love having Michael Pizetta. I mean, Michael Pezzetta, he he's just having such a strong he has such a strong camp, having a great year so far in uh, in Laval and just did exactly what you want him to do in, in yesterday's game against Detroit. And just with that flow on the ice and everything, I just I just I just love the guy. he's a great kind of gritty guy to have on your fourth line.
1: Ah, absolutely. I mean, like what a story. Like, I mean, who would have ever expected Michael Pozzetta no. to play for the Canadiens? like it's 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 pretty surprising i mean just the, the turnaround that he's done the last season maybe two seasons i mean to come into camp and yeah definitely a really good feel good story and you know i mean if anything i mean that's kind of what the canadians need right now is a couple of feel good stories so absolutely.
0: absolutely he seems to have a great attitude too and you're know, kind of guy to kind of fight for his team no matter what. And it's not a bad kind of guy to have on on a fourth line on your team when things aren't going too well or anything. I, actually, did you see that Caden uh, Primo dressed up as him for for their Halloween yeah. party? So, <laughs> yeah, like, okay. that tells me that they they they, they, like, they love him, right? You know, like, I don't know, like, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it, that gives me the impression that he's, he's a loved player and that they, they kind of, like, they embrace his, like, with the hair and everything. You know, you love it. You, I just love to see it.
1: No, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think the Canadians could probably use a guy like that. You know I mean? We we've seen it time and time again, this season where they just seem to have a lack of lack of energy, lack of, of real emotion. And and that's definitely something that Michael Pizzetta is going to bring to this team. So, you know, at least for the next little while, I mean, it seems like he could be a decent fit and and honestly, I mean, you know, right at this point, obviously, uh, Cedric Paquette is out with the suspension. But, I mean, he has brought absolutely nothing to this team, I don't think. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Piero was doing all right. Because everything that can go on goes wrong, right? Piero had the hat trick, obviously. And he was, he was looking pretty solid. But then he has that weird eye thing all of a sudden. And then there's just been so many... So many injuries and, and every, like like Dwayne who's been a feel-good story, got the puck to the head yesterday. It sounds like he's fine, luckily. I mean, that's always very, very scary to see. But uh, reports seem to be indicating that there's there's no issues there. But like, it just feels like everything was going has been going wrong so far for this. So maybe it can start turning around. I mean, the, the reports are that, uh, that they're expecting Price sooner rather than later, and I, I believe Edmondson was was practicing recently. So I mean, if you get those two guys back, I mean. I'm curious to see how this team does. Well, something I hadn't realized because it makes sense—they've been on the West Coast road trip and all that—but they've only played four games within the division so far, and they're two and two because they beat Detroit twice. So, I mean, a, a lot can happen in the standings if if the, if the Canadians can can go on some winning streaks uh, with uh, within the division. Like, who knows how Price is going to play when he comes back? Like we all know he's been up and down in the regular season, but now he's taking the time to take care of himself, and maybe he comes back really strong. I'm. I just. I. I honestly. I don't know what to expect with it from this team moving
1: forward. Yeah, you know, and and not just the way that Price himself can play, but I mean, you know, so hopefully the the boost of confidence, the boost yeah. of leadership that he can For provide sure. to the team too. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how the team reacts. I mean, I think he could actually be as back back as early as, as Saturday. I think yeah. somebody posted. So um, yeah, I mean, we we might actually see him, you know, in the next couple of games. So that that would be great. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they have him as the backup for his first game back,
0: just to kind of give him some some time to kind of reacclimate. You know, they, they I, feel, I feel like they do that sometimes when they come back He comes back from injuries, uh, just just to give him a game behind the bench before he he, he steps in, but. Yeah, I'm 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 curious because obviously you can't like we joke about wanting the team to lose for tanking and stuff like that. I never actually, you never actually, I I can't root for, against the team. I just can't. Yeah. When I'm watching the game, I'm I'm rooting for the and but once Price is back, it's like I just I just want the world for him. You know, I I want him to go on a 10 game losing streak, even a uh, winning streak. Sorry, even even though I know it it means that it's 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 not good for the potential draft pick if I don't think we're gonna make the playoffs. But, uh, I mean. It, the thing is, is that you look at the standings too. Like I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I didn't even think of it before the year, but there's there's plenty of teams that are expected to be much better that are that are low in the standings. I mean, the, the Canadians, like for example, only two points back of Boston, but they, they have played so many more games than them. That's 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 the thing. But there's plenty. Of, Colorado is not in a playoff position right now. Vegas aren't in a playoff position right now. You know, so lots can happen in the standings, but. I, I actually I feel like we're gonna get these guys back and they're gonna eventually go on a winning streak, and just tease us, and just worst case scenario end up just out of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean hopefully that's not it. You know, I mean, uh, if the Canadians aren't gonna make the playoffs, we'd like to like to see them get a good pick, but. But I mean, like you said, you never you never really want to want to root against the Canadians. I, I I find it hard to root against them too, even no,
0: though I I, I can't because it's specifically that even if I want the team to lose, I
1: want the players to do well. Yeah, that's true. And and you know, it's it's the same time too. I mean, you don't want some of these younger guys to be to grow up in sort of that losing culture. We've seen it before with other true. teams. I mean, Edmonton yeah. comes to mind. Um, you know it's, it's, again i mean you just got to find the positives in this season and hope some of these some of these younger guys can can put some solid seasons together and progress and you know that's that it, at least what we've seen from some of the guys uh, over the last couple of, well last couple of games at least so i mean i know we touched on it a little bit uh, earlier
0: on there so but what, what do you see coming from these next 3 games i mean like you said islanders vegas and uh, and la i mean Coming off a solid win. I mean, it's a home stand, but man, these are some strong teams. I mean, L- LA, anyway, LA's not 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 amazing, but uh, I mean, they just lost against LA, so <laughs> in a very unimpressive performance. If anything, Vegas have, has been struggling this year and but you got to think, you know, first matchup since since we uh, got them out of the, uh, the the playoffs last year. I just I don't know. I don't see a lot of wins in, in on the horizon for the next few games.
1: Yeah, but you know, like we said earlier, you, you never know what team you're really going to get. But, uh, you know, what Habs teams you're going to get here uh, so far this season. But, yeah, I mean, Islanders, Golden Knights, you know, to me that those are two games that are really going to be tough. I mean, especially, like you said, the Golden Knights are going to be out for revenge. That's for sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I definitely think they should at least beat the Kings um and then you know uh, i mean i think maybe they can beat the flames too on the uh, oh well that's actually next thursday but uh, but yeah i mean i, I think they go uh, one
0: and two hey flames have been killing it man i mean he uh, jacob Marcham has been the only bright spot on my uh, fantasy hockey team so oh, nice. uh the flames are far from being an an easy uh, an easy win uh, it's interesting too uh, that in that division that the flames and, and the oilers are dominating about all the canadian teams i thought the canadian division was the worst in the league like jeez yeah, so much like, for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, if Edmondson comes back soon too, it, it's hard to get any sort of timeline on him. Like, a price is obviously a big deal because, like, I mean, Allen's been great last few games. I mean, the last two wins have been a shutout. Like, I don't necessarily think, even though he had, he was coming off a bad performance, that he's been the reason uh, for for the losses. But then. The, the thing we always forget about Price I mean, is puck handling and ability behind the net adds to the tr- tr- transition game and all that really helps the defenseman a lot. So that type of so – the team really plays completely differently in front of Price than in front of any goalie we've had during Price's tenure. So when these guys start coming back, I think we're, the team is going to start, start putting more <laughs> – weight. Like I don't think it's going to be this bad the whole year, but I just think this, this first month of the season, the month of October, I think we're going to look back on it and be like, it just there was it was impossible to get back from that, and it, it's gonna be a, if we had just gone if we, it might end up being if we had just gone five hundred in October instead of the atrocious start that we got that they then would make the playoffs, but now it's just it's 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 too late you know it's it, they they'd have to go on like a seven eight game winning streak you know and
1: they haven't had their losing streak yet too their eight game losing streak that's coming you know. So. That, that, that that's true. That's true. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, at the beginning of the season, I think everything was just going wrong. Um, like you said, I mean, I think they're going to turn it around to a certain extent They're they're not, they're really not this bad of a team or at least not as bad as the team that we saw in the last or in the first, I guess, 10 games of the season. Um, you know, hopefully they don't, I mean, you know, there there might be some injuries going on. I mean, Gallagher definitely doesn't look uh, look a hundred percent healthy Drouin, you know, he got hit, uh, hit with the puck. Uh, yesterday is he going to be back 100% I mean Petrie yeah. definitely seems injured so well, what do you, you think know, s- about
0: the comments that Deshaun made about uh about Gallagher he, he basically said because uh, uh, Gallagher is injured and and because he might he was possibly wasn't going to play and Deshaun basically said I, I would have had to attach him like tie him up to a chair or whatever to, to stop him from playing which hey look Love Brendan Gallagher. Love that he's bringing that attitude. I mean, we have, we have nothing but love for Brendan Gallagher. But this is the regular season at some point too, and he does have like five, five years or, or whatever left on that contract. I mean, does Gallagher need to be playing injured right now? Maybe it's up to the team to tell him, "No, Gally, you need to recover before you keep playing." You know what I mean? Like, I don't want don't want to stifle his like his attitude of never wanting to to, to miss a game. But you know, sometimes it's it's, it's better for the player to miss a game, even if he, he doesn't want to miss
1: one. No, that's true. I mean, it, you know, definitely not too surprising coming from Gallagher. Of course, uh, you know, we, we all know what, what kind of a warrior he, he is, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows what exactly he's dealing with. I'm, you know, not, not too surprised, but yeah, you know, you, you'd like to see him especially at this point of the season. I mean, I, I know obviously, you know, they, they, they can't afford to give up any losses, especially at this point, but, yeah,
0: it's, he, it's, it's, it's they don't see it the same way we do. Like we are already in, like, ah, oh, whatever, let's tank, pain for Shane, let's do it. But they're like, no, we can still make the playoffs, and they're and they're gonna fight for it, which which is understandable, of course. But it, that's what that's why you end up getting the mediocre results for for years and years and years, you know.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's, look at just look at last season in the playoffs. I mean, I think everybody, and definitely including us, were ready to give up when they were yeah. down three one and. And then they t- turned around and turned yeah. it around and seemed, you know, did the I mean, seemingly impossible. So you got to make it to the playoffs. That's the problem. Well, yeah. Well, if, who's if, to say if, they can't?
0: If last year was an 82 game no. season, if the, with the way the season ended in the regular season, they probably missed the playoffs. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Let's, but. let's be honest. Let's be honest. This hasn't been a great regular season team at all for the last few years. There's just been a. A crazy cup run in uh, in in the middle of it, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I mean, hey, maybe they go on a run and then they they yeah. end up winning three in a row. So I, I mean, that'd be great. That'd be. And then we'll be right back on the podcast, being like, playoffs or bust. Let's do this, you know. So you never know. <laughs> you never know. The crazier things have uh, have happened. Uh, so so moving on, I think we actually uh, gotta get to those uh, Twitter questions. Uh, I was so excited about at the beginning of the podcast.
1: Yeah, so we got a Twitter, a couple of Twitter questions. I mean, I I guess a couple of them are, are sort of intertwined here. Uh we'll start off yeah, with no, John. don't downplay it. Don't downplay it. We have three Twitter questions. It's very yeah, exciting. We, we gotta get through all three of them. Uh so we got well, the first one from John, uh John, who's one of the hosts of the Failing Flailing Hands podcast. Uh does Duchamp survive the season? Um, you know, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, like it or not, I I really don't see them firing him after they just first of all gave him a three-year extension Uh, they're still paying Claude Julien here's the
0: thing about that that I hadn't considered I saw someone either on Twitter or on Reddit mention this Claude Julien was fired with a year left on his contract we're still paying for him sure but Claude Julien was making significantly more money than what Duchamp is making right which is understandable right because of the different experience so three years for Duchamp is basically as much money as we we were playing for one year of of Cojunier. So it's it's not like we now we have four, you know what I mean. Like it's not as crazy of a contract for management to eat up if it's not going well. But with that said, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. Because here's the thing: if if the season keeps going the way it's going right now, like things don't get better hypothetically, the team continues to be, continues to be at the bottom the bottom three for every single category you can think of. And they, 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 their are winning percentage. They they keep winning just two or three games out of, t- out of every 10 game they play. Eventually. I think he gets fired because they're, they're, that's just too much. It's too bad, but I just don't think that's what's going to happen. I think price Edmondson, people are going to start coming back. Teams going to start winning a bit more. It's still not going to be enough to make the playoffs. And it's going to be enough for him to keep his job.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, they they probably will end up turning it around, especially when price comes back. Like you said, Edmondson, I, 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 I never thought Edmondson would be such like an impact guy to come back. But like, I mean, I think he, he's going to make a big difference on this team, you know, from a leadership standpoint, hopefully he can write, you know, get Petrie right yeah. <laughs> because obviously it's not working for him right now. Um, but I mean, like even like, I understand what you're saying that, you know, it, it if he were to continue to lose like crazy at some point, you know, enough is enough, but who could you really replace them with? Like, there's no one. No, but, like, anyone. Anyone. Like, if it, 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 there's no
0: way in Montreal. Like, at that point, if it keeps being as bad as it is right now, like, I'm wondering, at the, and I'm, I'm maybe stepping on an, another question, though, is, is, is like, the Belgevin situation. Like, with how bad, how historically bad the beginning of the season has been, is that offer from most and there were so many rumors about it that was apparently on the table is it still on the table like i don't know like at, at what point is it too bad i'm not even saying I, this, this is what i think should happen i'm just saying that it gets to the point when it's the pressure is going to be there like if the month of november is as bad as the month of october there's going to be a lot of pressure to get both
1: of them fired yeah, it's it's you never really see at least not that I can think of you don't really see a GM get fired in the middle of the season though huh. like I, I can understand a coach like can you remember a, a GM being fired in the middle of the season? I'm
0: sure it's happened.
1: I'm sure yeah I'm sure, I'm sure it has happened but I mean it's, it's not, not as common nothing...
0: for sure because no. of course like the GMs get to fire like three or four coaches and that is not the rule before the but uh, yeah. I mean I yeah. I can't think of any off the top of my my, my head but. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do what? What do you think? Do you think that contract is still on the table? Because I feel like there's no chance. Imagine tomorrow we wake up and there's news that Bergman was extended for like one, three, four years. <laughs> that would be insanity. That, yeah, that that right now they they announce that
1: that would definitely be surprising. Um, it's tough to say. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. At, at this point, like, I I just feel like it. We probably need a fresh start. Um, you know. And, and I guess I mean this. Uh, yeah, I guess we can sort of move on to the ne- to the next question. Like as far as as goes, maybe enough is enough at, at one point, but yeah. I I don't think it's going to happen. Well, uh, I like, we another- I think I don't think it's going to happen either, but only because I don't think it's going to be this bad the whole year.
0: Yeah. But but yeah. if it is this bad the whole
1: year, I think something has to happen. Uh, so the next question we got from Brandon Betton uh, at BBGunner19 on Twitter. What do you guys think is the direction of this team? Does Bergevin stay, go? If so, who's his replacement? Do they bring in a new coaching staff? Thoughts on Watt coming in as GM? Um, okay, so first of all, I, I definitely don't like Watt as the GM. Why
0: not, uh, man? Why not? Team chaos, man. It be fun. <laughs> exactly. I don't Dude. like the chaos. <laughs> and, like, here's the thing. You know, when did the... The the run start last year. What was the catalyst moment for the Stanley Cup Finals run last year? It was Patrick Roy and Mario oh, Tremblay burying true. the hatchet. <laughs> that is what started the run. So maybe, maybe just maybe, Roy still has some like magic in him about helping the Habs win. So you know, like I don't know, it could be fun. It could be fun. I don't <laughs> know. Like I am not against the idea honestly. He he's seen success in a lot of places and it's not because his first he he did some weird stuff his first time coaching in the NHL but hey, if Bergeron's gone and let's let's be in live in the reality that we live in that it has to be a French speaking person, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to pry Brisbois from uh from uh from Tampa Bay. Like who who else is he talking about then? Why well, why not give Roy a shot at that point? And here's the thing too, like all these teams like like that that have a winning history they always have in every sport including a, NHL or any other sport they usually have some of those former winners around the organization isn't it kind of weird that the team with the most history of winning in the NHL has basically no no one around the organization that's a former winner in any sort of capacity
1: yeah i guess, i guess that's true and and you know what like now thinking about it why is I think wise GM, I don't mind too much. Mm. Uh, I, I really don't, wouldn't want to see him as a coach. I don't like having an emotional coach like that. Yeah. Um. You know, I think maybe as GM, maybe it could work. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, I don't know if there's really other candidates out there. Um. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, to, you know, like it or not, it's going to have to be a French speaking uh, coach and GM, Yeah. Uh, you know, it is well, what it is. I, th- I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I think if the if Bergeron leaves, I think Ducharme. Like usually, a, a new GM won't fire the coach immediately, right? Yeah. He'll be on an extremely short leash. But like, here's the thing with Bergeron too. Like, regardless of if that offer to re-up is still on the table or whether or not he'd be fired mid-year and all that, let's like say the Canadians have a terrible year this year. It keeps kind of going as it's going. It doesn't go well, and it really looks like they're maybe gonna need to kind of retool a little bit to get things better. I don't even know if Bergerman wants to be a part of that, you know, mm. like, I don't know if he feels like going through that. I, I think part of him wants to want it to stick around because, oh, one on a finals run. OK, does this team have it in them again? Maybe I can win with this team. But if it means going through a few more years of losing and the stress that comes around of losing in Montreal, I don't think he wants to stick around for that. And I think he moves on.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that feeling too. And I've gotten that feeling since the beginning of the season. He, you know, he, he doesn't seem to have that same sort of, sort of energy that he, that he yeah. had. Yeah. Um, he just looks tired. Yeah. So, to, you know, even, even if the, if that offer is still on the table, I'm not sure that he wants to take it anyway. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I th- I think maybe at the end of the day, it's it's just better for everybody at this point, if somebody else comes in, be it, be it Patrick Roy or, or somebody else. Yeah you know i mean we like to talk a lot about the about the future and you know i mean trevor timmons you know a lot of people have uh you know said uh, i mean good stuff and bad stuff about him but at the end of the day i mean like you know we were talking about this before the podcast that the canadians have three guys they drafted or at least in in macberghervins tenure three guys right now on the team and that's including michael Pizzetta. Leckanen and Evans, right? So no, they haven't drafted any impact players, at least that are on the Canadian. Well, there's now. Gallagher too. Uh, well, yeah, but the, he wasn't. Uh, he was uh, the year before Berjouin ca- came on, right? So oh, yeah, he was true, drafted true. by Trevor Timmins, but uh, true. Okay, fair enough. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I th- I think this team, you know, I mean, there are a lot of good young players coming up. Um, you know, we have a couple of good young players here, not necessarily that the Canadians drafted, but. Um, you know, thing. I don't. I, mean, I
0: don't hate the work the Bergeron's done, but like, no. like you said, like new blood might not be a bad thing. I think there is a base here that can be used to kind of build a contender. But there's obvious pieces missing, and we. I feel like a broken record. Ever since we've started this podcast, I've been saying this, but just there's such a lack of a puck moving defenseman on this team. It's just, it's just, it's just not there, and just. I don't know, like it it, it it, could help the Canadians or even like a top tier, like forward, you know, because we love Suzuki, but he's ideally not the t- number one kind of like weapon, right? Like even, even Caulfield. And it, it's just, the Canadians have had a few top three picks over the, over the, the last like 15 years. Neither of them panned out. They just, it just, what this team really needs is that top tier talent out of the draft and it's just there's only one way to get it and you're just going to accept losing you know
1: yeah so uh yeah at the at the end of the day i mean i think i think that's the way to go that i first of all you know i don't think that, be- not sure that bergevin really wants to be staying anyway but it's probably best that, that all parties move on i don't think it's going to happen in the middle of the season i think it's going to happen at the end of the season bergevin is going to go and and you know they're they're going to start the search for somebody new uh as far as the coaching staff goes you know i mean it's, that, it's that'll be interesting i mean you know who knows what you know it, it's going to depend on what the new gm wants to do no, with that's, that that's the thing
0: if the coaching staff survives the regular season but then Burgevin gets fired or or leaves whatever like whichever one happens i feel like the new gm doesn't right away change coaches he waits a little bit and then you know what probably happens Here, here's what's going to happen you know, there's going to be no firing during the season. Bergman's going to walk at the end of the year. is going to become the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Ten games into the next year, when we start like two and eight again, he's going to fire Deshaun, and guess who's going to become coach and GM? Mario. Patrick. No, Patrick Roy. Oh, no. Coach and GM. He's going to do both. He's going to do both because he has such a big ego, and he thinks no one else could do the, get the job done. And, uh,
1: and that's how it's going to go, and it's not going to go well. <laughs> Yeah, that that's what scares me about him is is like he he definitely seems to have a huge ego on him, and that's not really what I want leading my team. So yeah, I don't know we'll we'll see what happens. I, I mean I, that I,
0: ego won the Canadians their last two cups, man. Like that confidence he has, you know, maybe he can that, that can be contagious a little bit, you know.
1: I guess, but that was as a player, not as a I know, I not know as a it. front front office guy. Uh, And then the other question that we had was from uh, from Leo. So Leo underscore 2713 on Twitter. Uh, If the Habs don't find a way to start winning games consistently, do you see a shakeup trade happening? If so, who and where? I don't know if they're going to do – I mean certainly at the trade deadline, I think they're going to be pretty busy. Oh,
0: yeah. But like, yeah. But that's not what really the question is. No. no. It's like are we going to make a change before – that actually what's interesting that what, the rumors that came out I don't know if you saw these because this came out just before we started the podcast but Kevin Weeks uh, tweeted what the uh, supposed kind of ask for Jack Eichel is uh, out of uh, out of Calgary and it's like would the Canadians be willing to make try to make that big of a f- splash so 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 what weeks tweeted is that apparently either the ask or the offer or or whatever it is is Matthew Kachuk Along with an upcoming first-round pick, a former first-round pick, whoever that may be, and two prospects. That's a haul. That's, that's, that's quite a haul. the haul. So like, <laughs> what, like, what would be the equivalent for the Canadians? It would be crazy, right? They, they, there's no way they would do something like that.
1: No, no, definitely not. No, I mean, that, that'd be crazy. That'd be like trade. Like, who would be the equivalent to Matthew Kachuk on the— Suzuki. There's no one else. Uh, I, guess. I like guess. It has to be Suzuki. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess, Yeah. So that'd be like Suzuki Ghouli a first, you know, the Canadians first round pick and like two prospects, like, you know, Norlander and, and Sean. Yeah, Farrell, and, which... and here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. If, if, if Berger makes a trade where he trades away our first round pick for this year, that is top 10 protected, <laughs> I will personally go fire him myself. Okay. I don't care. Like, that is – he can't do that because there is a very, very real possibility that is a lottery pick at the end of the season. There's just – that like, luckily, he top ten protected that pick. So I, I just – I don't – and that's the thing. I think – I don't think Bergevin's an idiot. I think he, he sees it the same way. I think there's no way he moves that first-round pick. So then what kind of shakeup trade are we talking about?
1: I mean – Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, let, let's not forget the draft is in Montreal. Uh, this yeah, season so they're not trading that uh, the other first round pick um it'll just, you know no I, I can't see that that happening whatsoever i I, d- I definitely don't see the canadians making any big trades i think they'll you know they could maybe do like a little sort of a tinkering trade um but no even even then i, d- I don't i don't think they end up really doing anything um you know I've, obviously they, they got their goaltending i think you know if if they wanted to do anything on defense like it'd be for a puck moving defenseman and you know i don't think they're going to go out and get a top four guy they already have guys like Cooper and widman like, who's
0: available who like who's av- that bottom. yeah they already have the bottom pairing guys yeah exactly and like what would they move for the top pairing like like it would have to be like a like like a winger like and who like what would be a big splash player that they could trade away like like are we trading away josh anderson for example to go get uh the the, the winger the, the defenseman the canadians need like or Toffoli, you know the guys like that. Like, are you are are you gonna move one of those guys to try and get the the the, the puck moving defenseman you desperately me, need? I don't know, maybe, but I mean that'd be a shocker.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely don't see anything happening. You know, I think maybe at some point, if if the injuries continue to pile up, maybe they'll go out and get like a guy like a bottom six kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I that I, I think is probably the only trade that you could possibly that you would really see i mean there, there were rumors uh but at the that point then, what's,
0: what's the point with that
1: though no i know i know there's, there's not really any point <laughs> there's a couple of rumors uh over the last couple of days before we heard price was coming back there were some rumors that uh the price could be out longer and that maybe they were looking at unis Corpusalo, the goalie from uh, from columbus which doesn't really make sense to me but uh no like whatever like like they're not like don't trade for a
0: goalie who cares no. I mean, if price doesn't come back, then just, you know, pack it in, you know, season's over. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. Like the, the, the only kind of big splash trade that could happen, I really think it would be a winger for a puck moving defenseman, which I don't necessarily be, would think would be a bad thing. It's just that, like, I don't think there's that many puck moving defensemen that would be worth adding to the team that are available, if any. So I, I think we're not going to see trades until it's the trade deadline. And at that point, m- most more likely than not, they're going to be sellers. That's when when we're gonna be talking about moving guys like Ben Chri and all that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, nothing coming up to, I mean, maybe the one guy that I could see the Habs trading, and again, if if the right deal were to come up for a puck moving defenseman, like you said, I mean, they obviously have an abundance of wingers. Maybe a guy like Lekkonen, You know, he's been obviously. No, but
0: Lekkinen's not gonna yeah. get you anything, man. Like I think like is really the one that stands out to me because he has that cheap contract coming off a huge year. He's dropping off now. Uh, like he's he he's starting off rough this year. So who knows what, what kind of season he's gonna have? And like and nothing against Toffoli. Like I've, uh, I've really enjoyed his time in in, in Montreal. But if, if there isn't something that can be had, like if, if the Canadians could swap Tyler Toffoli for a kind of equivalent value puck moving defenseman that could help the team a lot. Maybe add like a like a second round pick or something.
1: Yeah, no uh, yeah, I I think that that could make sense, but yeah, I mean who, you know, the, who's really available. Um but yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, uh, I I think Lekkinen gets moved at some point this season. I I I think his value is higher than people think. Um uh, you're obviously not going to get like a a top guy obviously for Lekin and either, but uh, you know, maybe a younger sort of uh Four, five, six kind of guy. Lekkonen
0: has one assist in eleven games. Like, what do you think the Canadians are gonna get for from? Like, no defense. hate against Lekkonen. but defensive. It's, no, it's, I, I, it's I know, back. but but, but it, it, it's like I just don't think that's gonna be that. There's gonna be like that many assets to be had for that, you know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's just, but that that's more of a guy I could
1: see being moved around the trade deadline. You know, if yeah, if that's Canadians probably more like. Yeah, but I bet you. I would be willing to bet this Lekkonen. He he gets I, I definitely think he gets traded by the end of the season and he ends up getting traded for a first round pick.
0: What? Yep. Dude, I, I I hope you're right about that. that. That 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 seems insane to me. I bet you he does.
1: Dude, look, just look shot, at, like look I know at last he's a good
0: defensive. Look, if he was a center, yes. Because defensive centers go for a premium. Defensive wingers, though? Like you got to be a top tier kind of guy to go for a first round pick. I yeah, just, bullshit. I just don't see it, man. You think the guy that has one one assist in eleven
1: games is going to get a first rounder? I don't know. I, don't, I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. Look, Nick Foligno last season, Toronto traded a first and third for him, maybe even a, and I think something else. Uh, that David Saval got a first round pick last season.
0: Yeah. Okay, but like Nick Foligno had like that that that. That history and like like that, that was an overpayment. Like first of all, did you watch the all or nothing thing with for the Leafs? They I, they sh- they show uh what's his name, the GM for the Leafs, uh Dubis. Kyle Dubis while while he's on the phone with with um with the, the J- GM from J- Columbus J- for the Yeah, exactly. And you can tell once the call's over that Dubis is like, oh crap, I overpaid. <laughs> like you can you can tell but like he really really wanted to be like because Nick Foligno is one of those guys that GMs have overpaid for for years because he brings the intangibles and that didn't go uh all all he did for the Leafs in the playoffs was fight Corey Perry after Corey Perry accidentally injured uh John Tavares you know so I mean that that's what he brought to the Leafs Uh, I I don't know maybe hey hey I hope I hope you're right I would love to be proven wrong about this but I, I'll try to remember this for when you're inev- inevitably wrong. So <laughs>
1: we'll see, man. We'll see. All right.
0: So I think uh, I think that covers it. Uh, no other questions, right? That was it. Uh, no, no, that was uh, that was it. All right. So uh, I think that does it for today. Hopefully we have. Uh, I mean, we did have two wins to talk about today, but it, it, but then the losses in between were so bad that it just didn't feel like. The, I don't feel any better about this team than I did before. So. Uh, hopefully by the time next uh, podcast rolls around, though, some of the guys have start coming back. If Carey Price is back, Edmonton is back, I'd be a bit more excited to, to to see how this how this team can do with more of a full squad. But hey, uh, we love the Twitter questions today. Helped a lot because we didn't know what we talked about before we saw we had the questions. So you know, did a bit did a bit of the work for us. So we, we appreciate that as always at the Habs Forum on Twitter. If you want to, to ask more of those questions, and uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you more next week.